You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Bakani at BilalV87 on Twitter. AW Dynamite is running out of gas. Now, if you didn't know, the next pay-per-view isn't until February, and throughout tonight's show, it became very obvious that we will not be seeing a title match from Riho or possibly even Jericho until January or late December. And with Jericho, I sort of thought, hey, December 18th, we're going to get a title match. It turns out it's not the case, but let's break it down as we do. Or as I do, I should say. So we opened up with John Moxley's entrance. He was described as Mr. Attitude. It was an interesting choice of words. The most dangerous man in AEW, but the commentators were quick to list off a few, which weakened that description. And they mentioned that Moxley had the fastest win in AEW history at about a minute. Of course, wrestling being wrestling, he surpassed that. I'm not sure who he faced. I know one of the guys he fought after from this tag team, John Silver, uh, was part of this. But the commentators couldn't care less about who was in the ring with uh, Moxley. The match was less than a minute. Moxley won, set a new record. Jericho and the inner circle began to surround the ring, much like the shield. Jericho retold a story, essentially, about how he gave advice to Moxley 10 years ago. He kind of brought him into AEW, and now he wants him to join the inner circle. But of course, Moxley doesn't have to decide now. Nothing has to happen now. And Moxley jokingly looks right in the camera a couple of times, which was pretty funny. But I don't get why Moxley would even consider this. He should have ripped the t-shirt Chris Jericho handed him right away or just attacked him while he had the chance. Uh, Weird flex. We got a video package that was clearly from last week. And it felt dated because it started with the Santana and Ortiz talking about facing the Bucks next week in the main event. And the production of this, with some of the old footage, it looked like it was ripped off YouTube, was very amateurish. It didn't do anything to really build me up for these two teams. And all I could think is, well, we got two loser teams who call themselves the best. They're going to be in a Texas street fight, which I thought was for nothing, but they later revealed the winner would get a title shot, which makes sense. But, yeah, it didn't really strike me as a main event I cared about. Speaking about things I don't care about, QT Marshall, I don't know who he is, is teaming with Cody Rhodes. He was MJF's pick to take on the Butcher and the Blade. Now, there was a MJF video to explain, I would assume, why he picked QT Mitchell, but those idiots screwed up the audio, so I don't know really what he was saying beyond the fact he was reiterating that QT Mitchell was his pick. Obviously, it wasn't very important. Partway through this match, the video went to black early. I'm going to assume this is a TSN issue in Canada and that somebody just fell asleep on the board, which I wouldn't blame them given how crappy the show was to this point and continued to be. This happened again right around the time they went to break. Uh, I don't even know what I wrote here because I just started typing stuff. After the match, because the Butcher and the Blade won, you know, Darby Allen comes out to reach his hand up to Cody. That was kind of a nice touch. Apparently, Cody has no friends, which is pretty hard to believe. You would think Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, his brother, 
would all be his friends. But bad storytelling means we have to tell this angle. And I just, I couldn't care less. Of course, we went straight to this to MJF, which raises the question why MJF wouldn't just attack Cody while he was down and out or taunt him or something. He came out with Wardlow, who I don't really care about. And he called out a grip who was laughing at him, I think, last week and told him to kiss his ring. MJF's such a tool. This hapless grip couldn't even be bothered to do that, so they attacked him. The audio cut out here a lot. And I mean a lot. When we finally got the audio working... I just didn't care. MJF just doing his typical... Like, look, maybe by wrestling terms, this has some merit in terms of chirps. But if you ever watch a roast battle on Comedy Central, this is weak because the odd chirp is great. But if all you're going to do is chirp code Cody, it has to be better than this. It can't just be a bunch of high school jokes and lazy swears. And I get that MJF is delivering this stuff pretty well. But it just all felt very petty and very stupid and lowest common denominator, taking shots at the crowd. It really wasn't that clever. It wasn't that smart. It wasn't that entertaining. It was mean, but mean isn't enough. So the match with Cody is apparently on. There'll be stipulations. We're not going to find out even what the stipulations are until January 1st. Are you kidding me? So stupid. The Dark Order then had a hotel uh, video package. Some guy named Alex, who's part of some team called the Beaver Bros. I don't even know what the name of his teammate is. They were watching this, and maybe they'll join the Dark Order. I don't know. This had potential to be good, but it just was way too loose for me to really care. Big Swole, who I, I will say I watched AW Dark in full, just because I needed a YouTube video to put on in the background while I was doing other stuff. And the, the feature on Dark Soul, Swole is great. She suffered from an intestinal issue, and her story's terrific. The commentators sucked at telling that story. JR, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone, they were too busy trying to sell the Dark Order stupid promo to put her over. All they said was, oh, there's a big story about an AEW Dark. AW dark. Uh, just, just tell the damn story. That's your job. Amy Sakura comes out. They mentioned that Riho isn't even going to have a title match till the 1st of January. Because, of course, Big Soul, Soul got the win. Again, much like uh, Statlander last week, undermining the entire women's division. Because these two rookies who just signed contracts are now arguably the two biggest stars in this entire women's division. I don't even think there's an argument there. Bigger than Riho, I would say, right now. Because she's not even on TV. And I know from watching AW Dark that Big Soul... Soul is legitimately the best character they have in this female division by a mile. It's her, and then I don't even know. It's like a tie between Statlander and Awesome Kong if Brandy Rhodes doesn't show up, which we'll get to later. Uh, Pac had an interview. He was beating Pac. I don't know. I don't even remember what this was. Uh, this guy needs to be doing more on AEW Dynamite. I, I just I feel like he's not being used enough. Kip Sabian, uh, along with Penelope Ford, tagged with Sean Spears, along with Tully Blanchard. Now, Tully wasn't out with Sean Spears, and initially this was because it looked like he did a video package and was trying to pass it off as live, where he talked about how to put together a great tag team. And apparently this was his test for one, which we knew was going to fail. They were taking on Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. During the match, Joey Janela 
showed up with Tully tied up to a chair, you would think Spears would have maybe, you know, looked into Tully's whereabouts before this. And then Spears went after him. This broke down, and that gave Hangman and Kenny the chance to take out Sabian. And I just... Why have Tully tell this narrative of building Spears as a tag team wrestler when he's fighting, you know, when you're going to build to a feud with Joey Janela. It just feels like AEW just wanted to hedge their bets here with the storyline. I just, neither really did anything for me. Brandy Rhodes then uh, gave us a video promo from seemingly her hotel room. And she still felt the need to rip off her dress. I, I don't, you've got nice legs, Brandy, but it's not really helping with the storytelling. And it's just weird. I'm not even so much distracted anymore. I just don't understand why you would do that. She ripped a bit of the division. She still said her offer for Stadlander stood, which was sort of surprising. And she showed off a couple of her new members. One was some man, I think, and I don't even know where he came from. But that was nice. We also had Chris Jericho and Jack Hager on commentary. Pretty funny that Hager, you know, Jericho threw to him and he just said nothing. They cut to commercial in the middle of Sammy Guevara's entrance as Jarrah was talking and he was going to take on Luchasaurus. We also found out at this point the Jungle Boys match next week with Jericho is non-title because nothing matters in AEW, apparently. Jericho was cut off, uh, or sorry, Jarrah was cut off again as they went to pitcher pitcher in this match because, you know, why fix your mistakes right away? After the fight, which of course Luchasaurus won, uh, Jericho and Swagger ran off commentary to get in there, but Jungle Boy ended up getting some offense and a roll-up on Jericho. Obviously, it wasn't a match, but Marco stopped being Marco, counted anyways, because he looks like a referee, and Jungle Boy got an unofficial pin on Chris Jericho, which was, okay, a creative spot. I give you that. The main event, and I use that term incredibly loosely for AEW Dynamite, featured the uh, Santana and Ortiz taking on the Young Bucks. And pretty much, Guevara, who just had a match, so again, poor scheduling by AEW, helped the, uh, the his fellow Inner Circle members, Inner Circle members, attack the, young attack the Young Bucks. Hager and Dusty came out, but that kind of canceled out. And eventually, the Bucks won, and SCU kind of came into the ring to sort of stare them down, sort of nicely, but respectfully. And that was AEW Dynamite. Pretty, pretty bad. I just look at this show and I don't care. I don't care. I don't know why there's nothing happening between now and January 1st. Like, legitimately nothing. Not a, you know, I guess the tag team title match next week. But that feels too tacked on because we just got contenders this week. Like, why not give us a women's program if Amy Sakura is destined not to be in this title picture uh, why not build i i don't know this it's very disappointing uh you can always tweet me at below 87 on twitter and yeah i'm done talking about AEW on friday i'll be interviewing santino morella that'll be much better never sleeps network this has been a never sleeps network production executive produced by alex ross for more information and content visit neversleepsnetwork.com 